Amen. Everybody okay back there? You guys, you guys good? You guys all right? Okay, just checking. Whole corner was laughing and giggling back there, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> just checking. Uh, there you go. That's what I. That's what I did to a bunch of people last time. So. I know the feeling. Isaiah chapter 41, if you would. Isaiah chapter 41. And uh, go ahead and grab James chapter 2. Isaiah 41, James chapter 2, and Hebrews chapter 11. That way you got lots of places to hold on to, all right? Isaiah 41, James chapter 2, and Hebrews chapter 11. And I got uh, I got thinking about uh, the new year coming, and uh, of course, right, we're ending out the year. This is the last official service. You know, obviously Sunday is is New Year's Day. It's the first, so uh, I'll probably do something about New Year's then as well. But uh, I got thinking about that and a little bit, and uh, what. You know, you get to the end of the year and people make their resolutions or they decide what they want to do or they think about some things they'd like to change. And they kind of, they look back over the year, right? They assess the kind of things good and bad for the year and all that stuff. And so I thought about a couple things and I thought, you know, uh, Isaiah 41 and verse number 8. The Lord says uh, to the nation of Israel, I'm just going to take this verse here and then we're going to jump to James chapter 2. But he said, uh, but thou Israel art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Abraham, my friend. Look over at James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse number 23 And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Uh, look back at Hebrews chapter 11, and we won't read this yet, but uh, that's where we're going to be pretty much rest of the night outside of uh, any cross-references we run. Uh, but Abraham is deemed the friend of God. That's the title God gives him, you know, he calls him his friend. And I got thinking about it, you know, if you look over the past year, uh, you know, Hebrews chapter 11, the Lord's going to look back at the life of Abraham here in the chapter from around verse 8 all the way down to verse 19. He's going to look back over the life of Abraham and uh, his epitaph ultimately is right here. And it's the idea that he's God's friend because he believed God. It was his faith. We know Hebrews chapter 11 is all about these men and their faith being exercised and what they, uh, what they had done and what they had believed and how they trusted God in certain things. And so I got thinking about, you know, could we look back over the year and maybe decide, was I God's friend this year? And if not, maybe next year I ought to try, maybe that ought to be the thing I changed and I just try to be God's friend. And so I thought maybe that would work. So uh, maybe, maybe you'll get some things. Maybe all this will be a wonderful refreshment or maybe it'll be something where you go, yeah, I probably ought to fix that. And uh, I could try a little bit better and be a little closer and a better friend to my, to my God and my Savior. And so here he is in uh, verse number 8 here of Hebrews chapter 11. And he says, and by faith 
Uh, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, hear, should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. For they uh, that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, when he had, was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was, it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And that is God's final statements ultimately on Abraham. That's, that's his summation of all the deeds of faith that Abraham had done. And we understand that God uh, looked at Abraham as his friend, and he looked at him that way because of what he wrote right here, I believe, in Hebrews. And so let's have a quick word of prayer and we'll, we'll go through uh, the passage and see why God thought so highly and why Abraham was so good to his God. Lord, I do pray you would help us tonight to maybe see some things in the life of Abraham that would help us to be better and closer and a better friend to our Savior. We pray you would bless our night tonight. We love you. Father, we pray you'd come back soon, Lord. Send your son and let us... Uh, get off of this earth. But Father, until then, I pray you'd help us to walk worthy of uh, your calling in our lives and what you want us to do. And Father, we pray you'd come back soon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here he is in verse number eight. He goes ahead and uh, the first thing we see, eight, nine, and ten right there, he's looking, and we just read it, so I won't read it again, but he is looking to sojourn. He's going to go. Uh, the first thing I want, I want you to see is that, no, that Abraham, he trusted God to, just to go. Just to go. Wherever God asked him to go, he was going to go. Uh, by faith, he sojourned. That's what he did. Uh, you get back to Genesis chapter 12, if you were to read it. Uh, God shows up to Abraham, and he's there at the earth of the Chaldees. He calls him, and he says, hey, uh, you know, get up and go. And you're going to go to a land that I'll show thee of. And he tells him, just get up, you're going to go. You're going to leave. And uh, we know he takes Lot, and he doesn't fulfill everything the way he was supposed to, and God separates him later. But the truth is, Abraham did something that most people would never do. He got up and just left when God told him to go. Jonah got up and he went in the wrong direction when God told him to go. Uh, we're really good at being Jonah. Oftentimes, we're real good. God says, go, and we go, yes, sir, I will go in the exact opposite direction of what you told me to do because I don't want to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. Uh, if I do that, if I go that direction, I'm going to have to, you know, there's some responsibility because you told me to go and do it. And so I really don't want to deal with what you want me to go and do. Uh, and Abraham, he didn't have a problem like that. 
Uh, his problem wasn't, I don't want to do, I don't want to go in the direction God wants me to go. Say, so how do you know he was his friend? Because he was willing to step into the unknown because God told him. That's a good way to know if you're a friend of God. If God could tell you to go and do something and, he, and you'd say, yes, sir, I'll do that. I'll go. Whether it's around the world, whether it's to another country, whether it's to another place, whether it's to another state, whether it's to another job, another house, another place, it doesn't matter. Whatever he told you to do. Would it be if he just told you to go and hand somebody something, like a gospel track, would you go? How many times does the Lord ask us to go and we just don't? We do resist the Holy Ghost, just like the nation of Israel. <laughs> like to resist Him and they didn't want to go the way He wanted them to go and they didn't want to do it the way He needed to. So He'd send somebody in and then He'd have to bring in a judge to go ahead and bring them back out of bondage and go ahead and get somebody back in and we'll just... And you say, that happened over and over and over again in the nation of Israel's history and it happens over and over and over again in our lives, doesn't it? Because we're unwilling to go where he wanted us to go. We're just unwilling to do it his way and to go his direction. And he tells us to go and we go, well, isn't there another way? Can't I just go a different way? It's funny. We want to do it that way and then we go, well, yeah, of course I love God. Except it proves that you don't. You're not his friend. You know what proves you're his friend? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. His word is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. I will walk, I will observe his ways. <laughs> He'll walk in his precepts in Psalm 119. It is over and over and over again that you'd walk in his ways and walk with him and go where he tells you to go. But we don't. I look back over, over 2022 and you know what I think? I could, have, I could have gone a whole lot better. I could have spoken up a whole lot more. I could have done a whole lot more. I could have been a whole lot better. I could have been a better friend to the one who gave his life for me. I could have. But I just didn't trust God to go. Abraham, he trusted God to go. He was willing to leave family. He was willing to leave the place he was comfortable. He was willing to leave that place where he could have just had it all and he could have just been there and continued to thrive and continue to have. And instead, you know what? God said, I need you to go. And he said, okay, I'll go. I'll go. We often find ways to drag our feet and to change our direction so we don't have to go. Sometimes we, go, we don't do it because we don't, not that, we're, not that we go, well, God, I just, you know, it's just the fear of the unknown. And we're holding with fear. We're, we're bound by that fear. What's the problem? The problem is you don't have faith. If the Lord is the one who tells us to go, aren't we supposed to trust that he knows what he's doing? That's, that's the portion. It's that he knows what he's doing. It's not that we have any clue what we're doing because we have no clue what we're doing. Let's be honest. Uh, we don't know the end result, but he sees the end from the beginning. He sees all things are naked and open onto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And he understands what is going to happen. And then he gives us the order. He knows exactly what Abraham is going to walk into. Abraham has no clue. But he trusts that God would send him. And if God would send him to do it, then God's responsible for the outcome. 
God's responsible for the protection. God's responsible for the blessings. God's responsible for all those pieces. In fact, the next thing that you see in verse number 11 and verse number 12 is that they are about to have something that is completely impossible happen. Right? Verse number 11, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Both of them. Past age, they shouldn't be able to have Isaac and God makes it the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Say, so what did they have to do? They had to trust God to gain. They had to trust him to go and then they had to trust that they would gain the blessings that he wanted them to have. You know, too many times you and I, we don't trust that God can actually do the impossible and give us the gains that he says he's going to give. We doubt, we doubt his greatness. We doubt his power. We doubt, you, well, I'd never do that. You'd never say it that way. You'd never say that you just doubt God. Well, God doesn't have the power to do that. You and I both know God has the power to do it. We just don't believe he has the power to do it. Uh, it is the same idea. Uh, Jan was talking a minute ago about, uh, about her brother and he knows Jesus Christ. He knows who he is, but he's never trusted him. All of us know the answer is, well, he's lost. He needs a savior. He needs to ask Jesus. He needs to put his trust in Jesus Christ. To gain what? To gain the blessing of salvation. <laughs> well, it's the same for you and I. It's not saving faith. It's not saving grace. It's, not, it's that we trust that God has everything under control, and I'll trust him to have the outcome and to give me the blessings he promises. That if I do things God's way and I listen to his instruction to go, that I will also gain the blessings that he wants me to have. And we don't trust that God will come through on some of those blessings, so we hold back on doing what he asked us to do. Because if we do it and we don't get the blessings, well, then it cost me something. Well, I mean, somebody will think that I'm terrible. Well, somebody will really, I mean, and it's really, it's impossible for it to work out this way for me to gain a blessing out of this. Okay. <laughs> then you don't trust what God said. Friendships are based on trust. That's what relationships are based upon. We're based upon trust in that someone will actually give or do or finish. <laughs> and he looks at, God, and we look at him and we go, well, God, could you bless me? Well, God's promise to Abraham was that he'll make him as the, his seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand on the shores. Did he? Absolutely. Absolutely. When Abraham doubted God, he did it his way. He didn't get the blessing. Instead, he got separation. He lost fellowship. He loses 13 years with God. You go, ahead, you go ahead, feel free, read Genesis. He loses 13 years. Ishmael is 13 years old when Lord shows back up and says, okay, now can we do it my way? He lost the blessings of 13 years he could have had. And he chooses instead to squander that. And how many times do you and I walk away and we don't go the way he wants us to go and we don't gain what he wanted us to gain because we refuse to trust him? 
and we lose time with him. And we lose time, we could have blessings, but instead, we just have whatever it is we got for ourselves. And you look back over 2022, and maybe you and I are both in the same spot right here, and we look back and go, boy, I wish I would have trusted God sooner. Oh, I got blessed in 2022, absolutely, but boy, if I would have trusted God sooner, maybe I could have gotten those blessings earlier. Maybe the gains would have come in a little quicker. Jump down to verse 17. I'm going to switch the order because I like my, my points in this order. So that's why I changed, the, I changed the order of the passage, all right? Verse 17, we'll jump back to 13 in a minute. Verse 17, he says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Uh, he trusted God to give his most cherished possession. He trusted God that God would take care of whatever it is that he gave him. That's amazing. Now, God has now given him the gain that he thought he was going to have. Isn't that Isaac? Isn't Isaac the gain and the blessing? I mean, out of Isaac, everything else is going to come. Isaac's the one. He's it. Okay, now, now I want you to take him and go and kill him. <laughs> you say, what did, what did Abraham do? He took him and he went and he went to kill him. You say, that's... We all know Genesis 22. We all know what he did. We all know what was happening. We all know the, the whole thing working its way down to Mount Moriah and going over and him getting there and him leaving everybody else and me and I and the lad will go yonder and we'll worship. We know they lay the wood in order and, the, you know, of course Isaac asks, you know, where the lamb is, where's the sacrifice? And God will provide himself a lamb, right? We all know the spot. And he's ready to kill him. And the Lord says, okay, I know. I know you're my friend now. I know you're my friend. Why? Because you'd give me your son. You'd give up what I have indicated to you are where all of your blessings would come from. You're willing to give that to me and trust that I can do whatever I want and I'm right. That's unbelievable. That God could do that, of course. Because you know he's your friend. And if he's your friend, then why would he do something so terrible? Instead, you can trust him to give whatever it is he asked you to give. You can give of yourself. You can give of your money. You can give of your time. You can give of your talents. You can give of your family. You can give of your whatever. Lord asks for it and you say, yes, sir, I can give that. If you trust that you could give that, then it's because he asked for it. I'm not telling you just to give, just to give. Abraham didn't come up with the great idea of going, hey, I'm going to offer up my own son here and show God how serious I am about this thing. Instead, God said, this is what I want. And Abraham said, I'll give it. God's not asking you to give up and just randomly start throwing stuff at him. 
But if you're his friend and he asked for something, could you give it to him? If he asked for you to do something, would you do it? If he asked for you to give it, would you give it? If he asked for you to go, would you go? You look back over this past year, did you give what you were supposed to give? I'm not talking, you, you can lump it into money if you want to, but I wasn't even talking money. I'm, they gave of themselves before they gave. That's, that's the best give right there. Would you give up your things for his things? Your time and your thoughts and your ways and all those, would you give that so that he could have it? Or like so many, do we just not give? He asked and we, we went, well, I'm going to hold that for a little longer. I like my sins, so I'm going to keep it. I like my thoughts, so I'm going to keep them. I like doing it my way, so I'm going to keep it. I like, and so I'll keep. Or, says, or you could be like my friend Abraham, and you could give because I asked you to. Back to verse 13. I may let you out a little early, maybe, maybe a minute or two. Verse 13, he says, speaking of that innumerable host, he said, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Uh, not only did he trust God to go, he trusted God to gain, he trusted God to give, and he trusted God to get them home. Wherever he was going to end up his home, he knew God was going to take care of the rest. God said, hey, go, and you know what Abraham said? I'll go, and I'll go, and wherever you bring me, that's where I'll be. That's home. I, I'll let you call me. And when he's looking around going, well, it must not be here. It must be a heavenly country. It must be a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. I guess, I guess we're not getting it here in this life. I guess we'll get it in, in another better, an eternal weight and glory. Trusting that God would be faithful to go ahead and make it so we get home. So it's a whole lot easier to give and to go knowing you'll gain an eternal weight and glory. You know he's going to get you home. We just read it tonight in a missionary letter. We just, we've talked about it. We've heard about it. We've seen it. We have people who know the man who gave his life. And... He counted it far better to give it and let the Lord call him home in his time. You know what he was trusting? That if he gave his life, even on a mission field, God will get him home either way. Uh, we're all, we are all bound to an appointment of death. There, there is a day coming, it's appointed on a man once to die. That's you and me included. Say, when's that going to be? I don't know. Uh, it, it, could be, it could be on the ride home tonight, just like it could for anybody else. But we look at that and you know what we say? 
You know what I can trust? I can trust that God's going to get me home. I don't have to worry about death. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen and how's this going to play out and is eternity going to be here and what's am I, what am I going to do with this? And, you know, is there a scale out there where my good works are going to outweigh my bad works and I'm not so sure what's going to happen to me? None of it. Instead, we go, well, I don't know if I got everything done I was supposed to, but I know the Lord's going to get me home either way because he's my Savior. And he's my friend, so he's going to take me. How much, how often, I, I think about the Apostle Paul and his statement that he's ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And how often we think about that day he's going to appear. And I think over this last year, and I think, boy, did I think about him enough that he was going to get me home. Did we think enough about the day he's going to sound a trumpet, you and I get to go? The day you and I get to step into the glories of heaven and what it's going to be like? You say, well, you, you know, you got verses in there and, and you can kind of think about it and you can kind of wonder about it, but there's some stuff he doesn't put in there. You say, what's it going to be? I don't know what some of that stuff's going to be, but boy, I think about it sometimes. Think about the day that you finally get to meet the one that you have been going on his command. The one you've been giving for, the one that's been giving you all those gains, the one that you know is going to get you there and just thinking about how great he is and how wonderful it is and what a wonderful day it's going to be when he finally brings you home. And the race down here is over with and you've fought a good fight and you've finished your course and you've shown up and you've run the race with boldness and with patience and you step in front of him and all those things. And he says, don't worry, I've got a great reward right here because you were willing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Say, who's he got that for? Uh, he's got that for his friends. He's got that for his friends. Say, who's Abraham. He's the friend of God. He's God's friend. I'd encourage you tonight, maybe before the week is out, maybe think about this past year and go, boy, it's amazing to have a friend. But you ever have a friendship where somebody, you know, you've got a friend and, and you think, you know, that you're a pretty good friend to them. And they're a pretty lousy friend to you. You ever notice that? There's some people that, you know, you think, boy, I'm trying to be their friend and I'm trying real hard. But they really don't seem to reciprocate very well. <laughs> it always seems like I'm the one given in the relationship, right? There are some of those people. Am I the only one who's ever experienced that? Okay, all right. I got some other folks who understand me. Okay, good. All right. You ever feel like that, right? That you're just, you're the one that's working on the relationship to be a good one. And the Lord's the one who's always doing the right thing. And he's the one always given to the relationship. You know what he hopes for? He hopes you'd be a good friend to him. He hopes he's not the only one putting in an effort. He hopes at the end of the day, you and I not only are have him as our friend, but that we'd be his friend and we'd show it.
And he's worthy of it. I mean, that's not really hard to figure out. Would we have the faith to trust that he is a good friend and be a good friend right back to him? Because that's what he's hoping for. How about you? But as I look back over 2022, there's some days I wasn't a very good friend. I'm just being honest. There's some days I was a terrible friend. But boy, there's some days I look and I go, I got that one pretty good. I was with him on that one. And it's that time that I think, boy, it's possible I could be a better friend this year. Let's try harder next year to be a better friend to our God. Father, I thank you for the night. I thank you for your goodness. I pray you would give us a great year. This coming year, Father, if you tarry, I pray that we would be a great friend. At the end of the year, we'd look back maybe next year and say, "Ah, it's great having God to be my friend, but it was great trying to show him that I'm his. Lord, we pray you'd get the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a good night. Get home safely.